Welcome to Talking Points. I'm Dr. Michelle, and we have a awesome guest today, Bryant Richardson, also known as Be Rich. Hey, Bryant. What's good? <laughs> so can you please talk to us about, well, first and foremost, let me, let me first say that you are um, a, a former semi-pro football player, a former bodybuilder, which is crazy. <laughs> I, I can only imagine that process. Yeah. Um, you are an, an activist and you are an artist. And so I want us to really kind of capture a lot of those elements of the person you are, if you don't mind. So, you know, please talk to us, give us a sense of just your journey, your creative journey, just who you are as, as, a, as a man. Oh man, that oh, it goes back a couple, a couple of years. Yeah. I'm not going to date myself, but uh, the creatively, my, the creative mind uh, in me has always been um, dominant uh, since I can remember. I've always been writing, um, building something, creating, creating something from nothing, or illustrating uh, things that I saw. So, um, and I, I think my first outlet was poetry, was spoken word, oddly enough. So, it, from there, um, it took a turn into sculpture and then you know at, that always took a balance with uh with the sports you know that was just the energetic outlet yeah uh, man it's important for young men to get that for have that to have that outlet so i definitely clung to that and that's a lot that's where i found a lot of my father figures and um and people who i gravitated towards belief wise and that's that's where the activism came along so each you know i guess each stage of life presents the step for the next. Mm. So what inspired the activism? Because I see your shirt too, which I, which I absolutely love it. Uh, Dear police, I am a father. So please just talk a little bit about your shirt. Even like you just said, you had some mentors that kind of helped you along in that activism. Uh, this was a Father's Day gift, a great Father's Day gift. And uh, it, it hit me in the heart uh, when, I, when I first saw it. Um, but the activism, it came, I really think I grew into the rebellious stage at William Patterson in college. And that was where I started learning uh, a lot of the opposites when I really kind of caught myself in and out of the matrix or realizing that there was a matrix. You dig what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, I think that's where it all started. Mm. So getting into the matrix i guess it's i think to exploit it in some way i see your music um does that quite well like i um i actually love return of, of the black and i wanted to know um how that came to be what what inspired return of the black uh everything there's a lot everything right now uh and that, that's what i find found out about myself is during this time this time uh was you got to find discipline and constructive outlet. And I just got the writing. Mm. I found myself ingesting a whole lot of information um, and then just got the writing. And Return of the Black was, was this, is this kind of statement about or, or feeling about this particular time. We've been here before. Yeah. We've been here a few times before, but there's something different about this time. And uh, that's what Return of the Black was. It's, it's, uh, a history lesson number one let me let, let me introduce you to your real history now that y'all are willing to act like you're listening so let me let me go let's go through the real history and then let's go from here 
Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I noticed the same in, in your other songs and they're all very different. Like it, and that shows the, the depth of your creativity because they all have its own, their own groove. Like for instance, pressure. Yeah. Um, like I had to write some of this down because I'm like, your bars are like out of control. <laughs> they're out of control. And um, like your hook, you said, I came up rolling with the big dogs run game you say you say you're, you're lying there but you say you want to see a grown man pissed off uh fourth quarter world war three kickoff and i like that three two run three two one roll up lift off and you say like four times um yeah. how did you get to that to that groove or that hook because i clearly that line when you say you want to see a grown man pissed off that came from somewhere too yes, <laughs> yes it did <laughs> oh that <laughs> i was watching um uh it was a Trump rally. It was a Trump rally. I gotta be honest. And uh, they were, they were, they were talking about immigration, and they keep going. They keep b rolling to uh, um, Mexican immigrants at the border, and that, it, and as a father, that just pissed me off. You know, it just pissed me off how they they're, they're running around with they were running around and still are probably gathering up uh, children by the boatload and just and placing them in concentration camps. Wow. That's exactly what it is. It is a concentration camp. It's a modern day concentration camp. And like you said, we've been here before and it's, it's frightening to know that. Um, so what is your process? What is your creative process? I, you know, of course you have these moments of inspiration, maybe through media, through experience, so on and so forth, but what, what gets you to that place where you're like, you know what, let me sit down because these are how, these are the things that I'm feeling. Um, it's overwhelming or it's um, invigorating, whatever the inspiration, how do you kind of have it and, and, and say, I'm gonna focus this in my writing? How does that happen? I try to take the feeling or when, when the feeling gets to, um, well, some things, some things strike like that. And as soon as you see it, or as soon as I hear it, whatever it is, the blueprint is all just laid out. Mm -hmm. And then I just sit and think about the perspective that I'm going to put it in. And from what, from whose shoes do we need to see this uh, best from, you know what I mean? And then other things are feelings uh, like anger or happiness or feelings that build up to a certain point that you don't know how to deal with them anymore. And so you just kind of do a brain dump. And I just start writing and it all start out as gibberish until it becomes clear. I wonder how therapeutic that has to be um, or self-soothing. I know I spoke with um, Precious of Workia, Work where she is, um, you know, uh, she's a counselor. And, um, you know, she talked about, you know, having the capacity to kind of meditate and, you know, really allow for yourself to have permission to either get away from something that's too much or allow yourself to allow those thoughts to freely come in and freely flow, flow out. Do you feel like when you do your writing, it has that same, same method, methodology, I guess, for you? When it's done, yeah. When it's definitely when it's done beforehand and in between and um 
this is just me. It may not be a lot of people. I struggle a lot because I, I will go back and forth. I will overthink things. Um, and I'll do I'll, some days I'll go line by line, do go the whole day writing one line. You know what I mean? And then there are other days where I, in, the, in an hour, I just, just start spewing. Um, so it varies. Mm. But either way, it is therapeutic when it's all said and done. Um, when I feel like I can look at it or hear it and be like, yeah, I, I think I got my point across. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I illustrated that to the best of to the best of my extent. You know what I mean? You know, I think there's something really intriguing about creative minds because I think everybody's process is unique, but there's so many similarities because um, writing, you could be on, like you said, you can really just have a flow. It, it's not always the case. It sometimes it does take time to craft that piece. And sometimes, like I don't know about you, there are times where I write something. I'm like, I'm not even gonna look at that anymore. It's just not something that I, I, I can't even go back to that thing. Um, whether I think it's the quality of it or whether I think it's just the feeling that I, that I associate with that piece. I don't know if, is that something that you, you experienced too in the, in the journey, the writing journey? Absolutely. There are, there are pieces that I, that start out like absolute trash. <laughs> and years later, I come back to it and I look at it, I'm like, hey, yeah, something here. Yeah. And it develops into something completely different. So you go back to stuff. I, absolutely. Absolutely. Every now and then, I, I think that time and our, and the things that we, especially if we, if we take the time to write things down um, in a way that we can go back and review our own lives, mm. it, it would give a lot of us a whole lot of perspective. And every time I go back and look, I can either look and say, well, you were stupid with that one. <laughs> It adds a level of uh, objectivity. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you have a, another song called "Get Gone," and um, I, I love, I love, I love uh, the hook to this one because you you talk about um, you say get them feening like a needle in a vein, cloud nine, first class, no plane, and then you later on say. I'm so theatric, intergalactic, I'm on Mars. Intellectual kings with chapters is who we are. You gotta, you gotta talk about that. Like I love um, just the flow of that one. It, it definitely has a flow, but I, I love what you're saying there. Talk it about it. a whole vibe. I need to be honest, and that's a whole vibe with a whole lot of smoke in there. It, get gone is you gotta place yourself. You just gotta it, it, kick it. Uh, and then add some perspective, uh, um, and, and that was a the intergalactic place of mm -hmm. of perspective. Uh, intellectual kings, which mm -hmm. is who we are. Mm -hmm. Very, very intellectual. I recognize my royalty, and I will protect mine. Those are things, three things that are very, very important. You know what I mean? And that was and that was a statement off the top that I wanted to make. Yeah, talk about that because. Um... I think you can you can feel the royalty and I think some people are very intimidated by it and I say that because 
Um, I've had that experience. You just own, you can own your royalty. Your crown is there. And whether you can see it or not, people can experience it through your energy. And so when you say, you say that line and you, and you just say, said that you would like to protect it and you know you have to protect it, where does that protection come from? Why do you feel so empowered to do that? I've watched it be under attack for many, many years. And it's, you can, we can only watch but so much. And the, the ironic thing is I was watching Louis Farrakhan today. And uh, for, I, I, even myself have gone back and forth with the, with the, with the love, hate relationship with Louis Farrakhan. But there's one thing that you can, you can absolutely say about the man is that he bold. And the boldness comes from just a stance and knowledge of self. And once, once I started kind of clawing and scratching uh, beneath the surface of myself, there became a stance there. And uh, there became roots that I had discovered and became rooted. So that was, yes, there so, you go. So no, that's good because being rooted in it because you know you know oneself or or the the journey has gotten you to that place but there is a frustration with that um attempt the attempt to uproot so um how do we i guess and how would you recommend others who are listening to um, maintain a sense of i don't know if i want to say balance but um it's balance um, yeah. yeah. Okay. You think it is? Okay. T talk to me. What, what do you think about that? Uh, the creative, oftentimes the creative mind, lack of discipline can be the creative mind, the creative mind's worst enemy. Mm -hmm. Because intrinsically the creative mind goes into itself and just kind of wanders around. We you know we wander in our own uh, intuitiveness sometimes. So without the discipline that's to say, all right, let's take these visions and let's take this energy, let's take this creativity and let's do this, 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 and this, and this with it. And if we don't have the discipline that tells us to do that with our creativity, our creativity either floats or it consumes us. Mm. And, and that's probably how we have a lot of artists or musicians that get overcome with drugs and other things um, that just, just can't outrun their demons creatively. Yeah, yeah. So how do you um, ensure that you stay within that protective sphere because you know i don't want it to be like a the sphere has to be penetrable like you should be able to penetrate because it's not supposed to be an enclosure that you you're caged into but how do you allow for yourself to say all right it's time for me to put that armor on <laughs> really I, I take that social media break yes social media break uh, because that that a lot, it, it's it's a whole lot it's a whole lot uh, larger than we uh, think. Uh, the space and time that social media actually consumes in our heads, yeah, mentally, not even physically scrolling, but just mentally. If I see three or four back-to-back -back police brutality articles, I'm on ten for the rest of the day. You know, that affects my energy going throughout the day with my interaction with everybody that I come across. So 
when I started taking the social media breaks and when I started really kind of not just taking the break, but taking the break and then using the energy somewhere else, things became calmer, things became clearer. Give me an example. How have you, I guess, of a moment where you felt like you needed to do that? Um, mm -hmm. Of course, looking at social media and you keep seeing the same posts of this just treacher of police brutality on black men and women, but you see it more with black men. Um, how are you able to just say, all right, this is what I'm going to do instead, just to kind of give myself, and even if it's music or something else, but getting away from that for the moment, what have you done to do that? I try to separate the emotions from things. And that has allowed me to, to look at things in a more analytical way. And then because I'm now I'm in an analytical mind state, I can take what I'm seeing as data, take that, go research it, then find an answer to the to the issue that's causing the anger, which is the which is then the emotional attach, attachment to it. So it's like a quick <laughs> breakdown and that kind of really allows peace. Okay. So you find peace in transferring the emotion into into data. Right. And being, being proactive with it, you know, being able to take something that or relieve myself actually of something that caught that might cause anger if I read too much into it the wrong way and just kind of remove myself from the situation or from the, um, from, from the emotion of it and then gravitate more towards, okay, what, what's the truth in this? Where are the lessons? What are the truths? What are the facts? What are the laws? If there be laws or anything legislative, uh, and then go from there. If I don't, if it's something that is not, because something, not everything is meant to have an answer or a movement to. Yeah. It's just there for us to see, observe, and learn from. Mm. And that takes discernment in and of itself. That took a whole lot, a lot of discernment in and of itself as well. Mm. You caught up too much in, in either the wrong way, you know, it becomes an addiction. And too much anything is an addiction. It's bad for you. I love the fact that you have um, taken that process because though you say that everything you take in um, and have kind of broken down, analyzed, doesn't always require movement. But I think, and I was speaking to Raquel Romans Henry, who is also the president of the Word on a Move, which is aligned with what we're doing today. Yes. Podcast. Yes. <laughs> and she uh, she was just sharing that, you know, you sometimes you're compelled to a movement. It's just a part of who you are is in your DNA. Like you mm -hmm. have to be moving in that progression toward uh, making a, a statement or a claim. And I think your music does that because sometimes our creativity, it has to be unleashed. And I think if we come up with systemic ways to address the systemic issues that we see, um, I think there is the, the solution there. I think right now is a, a very keen time because we have a lot of people willing to listen. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, as a creative mind, you have a product and so, I can even see you, if you're not already doing it, using the product and letting people hear it, maybe listening parties with the attempt to discuss it and dissect it with people that are not necessarily always at the table when we're having these kind of conversations to give them access 
to something that they would otherwise not have access to. Yes, that's actually an outlet that's on the horizon. We, we want to do like rhyme and, reason, rhyme and reason sessions and where we break down a lot of the music and because we feel like now is the time, especially I had a very intent purpose, was very intentful on writing somewhat of a sound, on doing somewhat of a soundtrack to the times that are going on right now. Uh, and I just thought that it was a purpose. Uh, like I had so much energy and so much anger pinned up about it. I, I, it was the way that I got it out. So I said, let me, let's, let's try to write the soundtrack to this thing. Mm. And, um, and, and so it, so we, because, and we wanted to make it not, um, we want to make everything academic. So along with it being just a whole vibe of music, you really gonna learn the, the layers to everything. Yeah. you know what's going on in and out yeah yeah and and when you say layers i actually have um i have that written down um meditation i think that's the name of the song yes yeah um i love the ad-libbing that you do on that it's like layered it, it reminds me you know in this in a, in, a, in, a, in a way, it reminds me of Marvin Gaye's layering. I'm like so big on how he does that, mm -hmm. but you're, you do that in your ad-libbing and you say, ego, tell me what you, you're thinking, uh, what you think about life. So when you say ego, you're, you're speaking about that inner self, I'm assuming. Um, talk a little bit about that song and, and what inspired that. Oh, meditation was, that was actually, might've been the day uh, where I took, I took a social media break mm -hmm. and had to really kind of bring myself back to reality from a whole lot of um, just nonsense of the world. Meditation was one, uh, oh, you know what? <laughs> Let me not even lie. Let me not even lie. Let me back that up. up. We're going to speak to you right now. So meditation actually came when I, it was, I was taking one of those strong social media breaks, but I had ran across this, my, this new favorite whiskey of mine. <laughs> and so when you listen to meditation, you, you, there are instructions with, in meditation. <laughs> You got something in your right hand and something in your right hand. That's really what it came from. It, it, I'd found me some Uncle Nearest whiskey. <laughs> and now I got to tell a story. Let me tell a story so y'all don't, don't know. Uncle Nearest is black owned. It's a black owned whiskey. Oh. You understand me? Uncle Nearest is a nickname for Nathaniel Green. Nathaniel mm -hmm. Green was a slave owned by Jack Daniels. And uh, Jack Dan before Jack Daniels got the whiskey this uh, process really to perfection in the way that we know Jack Daniels now, uh, he didn't. He had it all screwed up. And Nathaniel Green, who was a slave with Jack Daniels with his son, helped Jack Daniels uh, um, rework his distilled his whiskey uh, recipe into the Jack Daniels we now know today. And a couple of years ago, Jack Daniels did a commemoration bottle. Uh, for Uncle Nearest and for Black History Month, and then funded, helped fund the distillery we now know, we now have as Uncle Nearest. So you can be ratchet and righteous at the same <laughs> time. You understand me? 
<laughs> I love that. I love that story too. It's funny how there's so much that we don't know uh, about um, things that we should know about. And it's, it's almost overwhelming to know that um, there's a story like that, that um, you just shared that I'm sure a lot of the listeners had no idea. I didn't even know that Jack Daniels was the same slave owner, to be honest with you. And that's, you know, it, it changes your whole perspective on, on the things that you're purchasing and the things that you're supporting. So thank you for that story. No doubt. Yeah. So um, I don't know, like, what do you feel like you want to, to share with people? What do you think um, is important for individuals to know about creative minds and how they, they kind of endure or overcome um, crisis? What what I want people to know about the creative mind and how it overcomes crisis? Uh, I, I I thought about this, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. This one I, I I figured this one was gonna be tough. This question. <laughs> because there's not like there's not a well uh, there's not a like a cry for. a handout when it comes to, or something like that of that nature when it comes to understanding the creative mind but the creative mind is just we just should realize that we we are all the creative mind in actuality mm. and the only thing left is to appreciate the different creations you know that's it mm -hmm. everything mm. everything outside of that is 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 useless energy but we are all creators. We are all creative minds. There are only spectrums of the creativity. And once we eliminate biases and things towards the spectrums of, of different creativity or the different things or beings of creation and the things that we create, then that's where we'll find ourselves really advancing together as a people. I love that because it, it, it is a testament to who we are and why we were created in the first place because we are created to create and like you said there are different facets to creation you know what one person may think is considered creativity um another the person that is creative in another way may not even realize that they're creative mm -hmm. so um it's the matter of just being yourself being being um true to who you are and i think in that is where the creativity comes from in so. one and, and it's like it's it's very one man's creativity is another man's instinct. Mm. It, 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 that's it, that's just perspective, you know. One on one end, somebody had to be really really creative in order to survive, and on one the other end, someone is just way too intelligent, and has too much time on their hands, and they ended up being creating something really amazing. Yeah. And they happen to be either an empath, or they have to they ended up being someone with compassion, and they made something that really helped the world either or has the same impact or could have the same impact yeah i love that so thank you thank you for your time um thank you for your creativity um i love the music i i'm i'm feeling like i'm listening to something that's out already so um what are you going to do with that how are your what's your thought process for your music uh the malcolm max 
LP is coming soon. That'll be the next project. Uh, uh, Love and Politics is in stores, online, in iTunes, on Spotify now. Awesome. Uh, yeah, go grab that. Love oh, I will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will be. I started out there on really a, a, a lot more uh, creativity, a lot more, a lot more funk on that joint. And then a lot of everything that's going on, a lot, a lot of everything that's coming out now is going to have a lot more fire to it. You know what I mean? What you already have out, it has a lot of fire to it. So I'm excited to, to of course, support. And if you guys are listening, make sure you guys support as well. So um, again, thank you, Be Rich, Bryant Richardson. And guys, please rate, comment, and subscribe. We'll see you soon. Bye.